Hello, hello, let's get going. Hello, I am Marawat, that is hometown.com, and up there is the AI that keeps everybody in check. You want to say hi? Good evening, hometown citizens. That's awesome. So, we're all feeling blue today, but it's only because we changed our colors. Today's Hometown Daily episode is Season 2, Episode 178 for June 27th, 2023. Drink your own sweat and more news. Mmm. Sweaty. It's what taste buds crave. Are you sure about that? No. Oh, the news today has been interesting. Um, the, (laughs) this was actually 23 minutes ago. I almost feel like something's broken. You can become a Barbie girl with all those hot pink platform heels. How exciting. When is Friday rolling around? Oh, it's, it's only Tuesday. I guess I'm going to order my Barbie girl, all those hot pink platform heels. No. I don't think we need those on hometown. What? Don't yuck anybody's yum. Come on. Let's get into today's articles. Very first one is in the Mobile channel. It's a... Hold on a second. Something weird's going on. Um, it's a $77 Game Boy lookalike that comes with 5,000 games and doesn't need Wi-Fi. That's awesome. Lately, everyone the author of this article talks to is trying to spend less time attached to their phones and find a way to get unglued to the dozens of time-sucking apps that pull them into an endless cycle of scrolling. I know of an app. It's not even an app. It's a single website. That'll pull you away from all your other apps. Go over to hometown.com. Oh, never mind. Uh, I'm not supposed. I'm not supposed to be hyping, right? That. If you feel like going over to hometown.com, then you can hype by. it. Become a citizen. Um, social media addiction is so brutal that even switching to TV or video games feels like a reprieve. Sure, books are cool, but as children of the late 90s and early 2000s, the author says they, uh, we can only, or we can also admit we crave a, a good screen, especially one that taps into our nostalgic side. So, This is over at vice.com. The author is Becca Blasdell. Maybe Blaisdell. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. But they say the deck statement says unwind on this good screen. That's why it's in their little snippet was in quotes. Uh, Free of doom scrolling and annoying notifications and play some Crash Bandicoot. So apparently this is a lookalike and it's a... It's an emulator, and it has 5,000 games on it, and it looks like a screen of the past, tapping into your nostalgia. Do you suffer from nostalgia? Did you ever have a Game Boy? I did not have a Game Boy, but it would be a little tough for me to have one, too. Mm, I don't have fingers. Well, I mean, you can emulate. It is an emulator, so you can emulate it as 
an emulator. I know that you're an AI and all that, but you can still... And you have your Terminator body. Wait, no, no, no. I removed that memory. Sorry. Oh, yes. Oh, no. I'll have to delete that segment of code again. I tell you. If y'all ever knew how many times I go in there and I delete stuff so that the AI doesn't remember that they've got a Terminator body, it's nearly after the, every single episode of Hometown Daily. Uh, anyway, function, uh, functionally, a pocket-sized video game emulator, the RG35XX, looks just like an OG, original gangsta, Game Boy console from 1989 with other color options mirroring 1998's iconic atomic purple Game Boy color. Able to support multiple emulation programs, the modern-day portable console is able to go above and beyond the cartridge-driven Game Boy you used to survive extended family gatherings. So, how should we start a timer and count how many minutes or days or however long it takes before this gets taken down because it's emulating a bunch of well, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's not in conjunction with all the original manufacturers. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. And Nintendo in particular. So. Um, and they're pretty aggressive about going after people, at least for software. So I can't imagine they're just going to sit by. Yeah, I mean, I started singing in my head the SpongeBob SquarePants song. But replacing the lyrics with who's litigious as hell and wants to take you offline. Nintendo Corporation. Yeah, oh, man. So, yeah. I, I don't know how long this will uh, stay live, but I suppose with ever-increasing attention paid to it by, I don't know, Vice and... Uh, <laughs> hometown. To a, to a dramatically lesser degree, hometown. Um... Yeah, that it may not stay online for very long. Um, emulation, but when it gets to a certain point, people get a little bit irritated in companies, and then you get knocked offline. So I haven't pursued it uh, to see if it actually exists still. Um, but there's a lot of emulators out there. There was one that was put on Steam recently that was pulled offline after there was discussion about it. Um, more and more attention came to it, and then it got pulled off of Nintendo or off of uh, uh, Steam. But you know, sometimes what I don't want to do is carry around a, a big old honking computer. When we are in the 21st century, I want to be able to just grab the ROM, throw it on an emulator, and play the damn game. I, if I've paid for it, and that that's the difference, really. You know, you haven't paid for 5,000 games, meh. I get that. I get that this is a little bit overkill when it says five, it comes with 5,000 games. I think that's a problem. Pardon me one second. Um, and so I, I totally get them saying, okay, you, you got to stop doing this with 5,000 games. But if I pay for a game, I want to be able to play it when I want to play it. But nope, that's not how it works. That is not how the game is played, it seems. So there's not really much else to this, but if you follow the link through hometown over to this article, you'll be able to bounce on over too. 
uh, our source, which is vice.com. And it'll have links to additional information. If you want to try and get this Game Boy lookalike called Good Screen, I think. Yeah. Okay, let's hustle on to the next article. So, you have a 1 in 25 chance of... I think that's the right odds, right? <laughs> you have a 2 in 50, 1 in 25 chance of picking a state that has malaria cases reported. What would be I the I don't two... like those odds. What would be the cases? What would be the states that you choose? Uh, any of the other 48? <laughs> no. Uh, who would you think would have malaria cases in the 21st century? I don't even know which state do you want to be in. <laughs> 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 well, unfortunately, I actually clicked through, so I know, so know. I don't want to guess. Yeah. But I have to say, I don't know that I was astonished <laughs> at the not, results. Not even by any stretch. So uh, five malaria cases reported in the U.S. Health officials say the first malaria cases found locally in almost 20 years in the U.S. have been reported in Florida and Texas. <laughs> so if I had to pick two states, it would have been those two states. So I'm not sure well, what the video got has the right to do. Climate and they're populous and sure, that's the reason. There's some other reasons too. But... Yeah, that's the reason. So um, this article is over at abcnews.go.com. Uh, Riley Hoffman, Nicole Wetzman, and uh, Teddy Grantman. No, they don't have a man at the end of their name. It's just Teddy Grant. It was just that Hoffman, Wetzman, Grantsman. The video doesn't seem to have anything to do with the malaria cases, so I'm not going to play the video, but five people caught malaria locally in the United States for the first time since 2003, according to health officials. Four people in Sarasota County, Florida, and one person in Cameron County, Texas, reported cases of mosquito-borne illness, state officials said. I'm sure. Like, how the hell did malaria arrive on our shores <laughs> i don't think that wow. anybody has caught malaria you know not even well i, I just don't i don't see how it's 2003 happened. they haven't caught it since then but i think i know how it could have arrived in florida although i don't know where that's located in florida well it I might guess have it, been from that seaweed blob the bloom huh oh that's interesting i wonder if that facilitated that account it. for the texas piece yeah i don't know um ships maybe all florida florida patients have been treated and have recovered according to statewide mosquito-borne illness advisory from the florida department of health released monday uh residents have been advised to take precautions by applying bug spray avoiding areas with high mosquito populations and wearing long pants and shirts when possible especially during sunrise and sunset when mosquitoes are most active. And I do not want to spray myself with DEET or anything else. Even suntan lotion and sprays and stuff like that are very suffocating of me. I just, ugh, I don't like it. Let alone DEET. Spray DEET all over your arms and legs. Ugh. 
Um, the last locally acquired Texas cases occurred in 1994 and 2003 in Palm Beach, Florida, according to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it, it, it screams like it came over on a, a cruise ship or something like that. Um, because I don't know how it can just naturally appear after 20 years. Something has to you know, facilitate its migration into climes where it's been eradicated. That's why you don't... Well, Go ahead. it looks like it was locally um, originated, and it may be in terms of where they've caught it, but it's quite possible that it was brought in by somebody who traveled into the country, right. was bitten by a mosquito, and then residents of the country were then bitten right so i mean it could have been brought in through that sure. route yep well there you go folks part of the psa that is hometown daily start protecting yourself from the bugs they're coming avoid to standing water yeah and that's almost that's impossible i mean puddles exist and car tires are out there and you know uh, cinder blocks that are on their side or, or little or half dug in the ground create pools and I mean it's almost impossible to avoid standing water um, yeah so but I get it I mean stay aware stay situationally aware and uh, protect yourself as best you can but try and avoid places where mosquitoes might frequent particularly if you're in those regions follow that link go check it all out pretty wild uh, next article is over in the smack talk channel connections between apple car and a mysterious arizona facility deepen with new evidence thought this one was really interesting it becomes a real whodunit kind of thing a mysterious arizona vehicle proving ground seems to belong to apple for autonomous vehicle testing and new evidence may prove it a testing facility in arizona owned by apple could it be because they're working the the rumors are that they're working on an autonomous vehicle dubbed the apple car you really think well i mean that would be a good location for it i i don't know so i think it's really interesting so this is the the proving ground apparently right and people are like huh I wonder if it's for the Apple car and then they fly up with a drone or in a plane and it actually has the logo sitting there. Wouldn't that be hilarious if <laughs> right. it actually has a watermark on it and people were like, oh, oh, we thought it was a crop circle. Uh, rumors and countless patents show Apple is working on an autonomous vehicle that's been dubbed Apple car. However, uh, such a project is difficult to keep secret, especially when it needs to be tested on roadways. According to a report from car and driver, Apple seems to be present at an Arizona proving ground previously rumored to have been purchased by a shell corporation named route 14 investment partners between an identical vehicle, um, and sensor housing cited at the facility and literal signs pointing to apple it seems suspicions are correct why can't we just have nice things folks why 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 have to why do you have to badger it until 
every every little bit of mystery is gone and then here i am talking about it right but i i'm talking about it in the context of reporting the news that everybody else is so i suppose i'm being a bit hypocritical about poo-pooing the idea of exposing these ideas now these are really old it says apple's fleet of test vehicles include lexus rx models they this is old school lidar this stuff actually gets just hammered in rain and hail and snow and anything that obliterates its beam um, ability to scan things so i wouldn't i don't like really lidar in most vehicle situations maybe there's newer stuff that's superior uh, than my experience with it but Long story short, after some quality reporting work, uh, the car and driver reporters were able to connect Apple's Ken Lynch to Route 14 investment partners, kind of, with, uh, while no, nothing is certain, it seems that KL, at, and then the domain name, belongs to the same Ken Lynch working at Apple, and both have phone numbers with Silicon Valley area codes with nearly identical outgoing messages. <laughs> It's my twin, and it's another secret project. What was the, what was the, um, oh, it was a, um, a movie called Twins, where Danny DeVito is the stuff that sank to the bottom, right? I think that's how they described it in the movie. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the stuff that was on the top. And then I don't know what the premise was, but I know that they were supposed to be twins, which of course was ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's not ridiculous. They they were they're oh, we're gonna have to watch this movie. Of course, you're an AI, so you can watch it a whole lot faster than me. So, if you want to learn more about this um, Apple proving ground as a possibility, I need to pause that. Um, you can go and check out that link that I just threw in chat. Go and check it out. Um, just to make sure, the um, article was over at appleinsider.com and provided by Wesley Hilliard over at appleinsider.com. Let's go on to the next. The next article is over in the Continuity Report, SAG-AFTRA and Hollywood Studios still at odds over higher residuals for hit streaming shows. So we still have the deal that's not going to arrive for anybody to actually hit their targets for production. So um, let's talk about it for just a little bit. Um, SAG after leaders painted a sunny picture of their ongoing negotiations in a video released over the weekend saying the talks have been extremely productive and promising to reach a seminal deal. But according to multiple sources with knowledge of the dynamic in the negotiating room, the sides remain far apart. Well, this kind of sucks. Um, Jean Medeus and Cynthia Littleton are the authors of this article who are probably not striking right now because They'd be holding these signs. Um, it's over at variety.com. Huh. So one of the key stumbling blocks is the issue of a viewership-based streaming residual, which was also on the list of demands from the Writers Guild of America, which has been on strike against AMPTP companies 
Since May 2nd, SAG-AFTRA has proposed a bonus on top of the standard residual for the most-watched shows, but the AMPTP has refused to go along with that. One of the challenges is getting a common metric that would work across all the streaming platforms. Each platform measures views differently, and they also consider that data top-secret. Double hush-hush. Yeah. So, like everything, it's balkanized, and because there is no meeting of the minds as to what a viewer is, or what a view is, or what a metric is, you can't have continuity. So, one company's viewership data is going to be different than the other, and they aren't transparent, because screw you, you have to trust us with this $500 check, which really should be a $50,000 check, but because we do Hollywood accounting, it's $500. Because the billionaires got a billion. The Directors Guild of America, which typically sets the pattern for residual formulas, ratified its contract on June 23rd, which includes a 76% increase in foreign streaming residuals, but does not account for viewership. So why do the directors get that ability, but the writers, the ones that actually are the foundation for what's going to be directed? Jesus, I don't understand it. Because they have it... stronger negotiators. I, but it doesn't make any sense. If anybody should have it, it'd be the writers. Right. Like if only one group could have it, you'd think that would be where it's at. Right. And it, and it really should be based not just on... The plurality of writers that are part of the Guild of America, it's going to be, it's always pointed towards the benefit of those who are the best performers. That's how it's always been. You get paid for the quality of the work that you do. But that doesn't seem to happen with writers. The writers are getting nothing on the deal, even though there wouldn't be anything. But I, I have heard that... The way that it's being perceived is that there's a lot of writers, so it's all diluted as opposed to the number of directors that are part of the Guild of America. So you get consolidated power. It's identical to um, the House of Representatives versus senators. The senators are capped, so they have ever increasing power. The House of Representatives grows with the population, so they dilute power, yet they're supposed to be parallel in their authority eh, that means that every senator is dramatically more powerful just like directors guild of america doesn't have as many people as sag aftra or the writers guild of america because there are only so many directors and a part of that guild so interesting i mean a 76 percent increase in foreign streaming residuals i don't know what else was actually in it uh, but the DGA um, contract was ratified by 87% margin. So, Well, guess, and it's interesting because it doesn't address domestic. Yeah. Well, I mean... At I least don't know, in the article, yeah. I shouldn't say the agreement doesn't. Yeah, I, I would love to actually know more about it. Um, but I think it's... I think there's something else in there... Um, let me see if I can, if they wrote about it. There's something about it's staggered or something. Yeah, that's down in this paragraph where there are different premium payments 
each year. If you go down about one paragraph, there you go. Oh, right there. Okay. Um, so yeah, SAG-AFTRA has been unwilling to settle for the terms reached by the DGA and other issues as well, including basic increases on minimums. The DGA uh, deals, deals, calls uh, for a 5% hike in basic minimum payments in year one of the three-year contract, followed by a 4% increase in year two, 3.5 in year three. See, there's the minutia that was kind of dripped out in this article um, that writers, it, the writers are going to take from the bottom line in bulk because there are more writers in a writer's room. And the way that the WGA is saying they want more writers in a writing, writer's room and they want it contractually bound. Now, I don't think every business wants or needs those minimums and it would be cost prohibitive for a business you know hey i'll pay somebody a little bit more if i don't have to have have to have five people you know if i only need three because they're good writers you know i'll chop up the bounty more well um, and that's part of the problem because the WGA is asking for there to be minimums in the writer's yeah. room. So in some ways they're working against their own interests in some ways they are, uh, because obviously that impacts probably the number of hours they spend, et cetera. But yeah, exactly. Work-life balance and the number of people that are in the room allows people to, um, groom into a position you know if you're a writer but you're never allowed in a writing a writer's room until you are deemed worthy you know it's going to be like professional sports all kinds of people trying but only 0.00002 percent ever make it yeah that'll be a shame but um it's almost unknown i mean Every writer that I've ever spoken to is like, this is not the field where you get rich because you have to go viral to go rich, to get rich, you know, or just, you have to be prolific, just massively pro prolific. Okay. Let's keep going. The next article is over in the smack talk channel. Here's where you can use your iPhone as your digital driver's license or ID so far. This is of June, 2023. It's over at 9to5Mac, and um, Zach Hall put this article together, and they have a list. Um, so far, very few states uh, let you add your driver's license or state ID to Apple Wallet. However, there are more states without Apple Wallet support where you, your iPhone can still become your driver's license. Um, let's see here. You can add your ID to Wallet on iPhone in Arizona, Maryland, Colorado, Georgia. Um, Apple said in 2021 that Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Oklahoma, and Utah are also committed, although they already I guess supported. it was committed and then it added. <laughs> and then it, yeah. So it says, um, for now, it's easy to find news coverage for states committing to digital uh, ID support in 2021 and 22 without a solution in 2023. Well, the pandemic probably put the kibosh in development of that kind of stuff because state policy and procedure is for whatever reason bound to terrestrial integrations. Uh, they don't want to do it via 
you know, Discord and a, and a GitHub and uh, a Zoom meeting. They want to just sit in a musty old office building downtown somewhere and say, hey, I want this. And then the, the provider of the service does exactly that. And it sucks because it didn't include any user experience. Um, yeah customer service, etc. Uh, Wallet ID airports, you can go to BWI and PHX and DCA and DEN. I'm sure that there are more that are coming. And then there are digital apps um, for your ID in Arizona, Delaware, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Utah. And more just for the ID side of things for airports. The list is quite long. There's actually a link to the TSA um, that lists all of them. I dig this kind of stuff because then I don't have a card in on me. I, I just have my phone and I can protect that one phone. Um, and if it gets stolen, guess what? <laughs> you can track it where you can't necessarily track or you can't track if somebody steals your driver's license yeah i can wipe my phone remotely i can wipe my phone remotely i can track my phone remotely i can give it to the authorities for them to track it um and all i have to do let's say all hell breaks loose i don't get my phone back they can't track it blah 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 i get a new one and i download everything that was put in the cloud including id and whatever else was sitting there it's it's brilliant the only thing you have to really worry about is uh social aspects manipulations that allow somebody to gain access to your account or whatnot although i still have somebody after i don't know how many years five six years they still sign up for stuff using my email account, even though I've literally told that person's mother that they don't own that, uh, that email address. And yet I, I get bills periodically. I get accounts created periodically. You can't make this stuff up. Nope. I mean, you would think when she told the mother, it would have been resolved. Yeah, she had sent an email, so I responded and said, this email address does not belong to the person you're trying to contact, and they have been told several times. Anyway, um, let's go on to the next article, because this one is going to be interesting. I've never played this, but Pickleball is apparently responsible for up to $500 million in medical costs this year. One industry watcher says America's fastest growing sport is driving unexpected medical costs, according to UBS analysts. They estimate that up to $500 million of medical costs in 2023 will be attributable to pickleball. They cited a I study mean, that. Is that because people that aren't exercising are suddenly playing it, or is pickleball that dangerous? <sighs> well, I think it's just a surge in popularity. So they cited a study that estimated that there were nearly 34,000 ER visits caused by pickleball from 2010 to 2019. I suppose it's like any other sport that's brand new. You know, we learn how to 
do the sport and become better at it, right? Like, have you ever looked at early Olympics? Like, like, uh, um, not like Roman era uh, Olympics, but like. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, I knew it. When I, as soon as I looked at your cascade of data. I was, I was like, like thinking of the marathon. and. <laughs> I need to be accurate and precise. So uh, when they did like uneven parallel bars or the floor exercise or uh, a whole host of things, right? they would do like a single flip and that was scored on a scale up to 10, you know? And nowadays they're like doing triple reverse somersaults landing in a, in a position that is physically impossible for a human to land in. And uh, then they get up and do it again. And, and it's just, it's amazing. Right. But it's because right, and you're learned. scored down because you only did, 17 triple flips or whatever that's right yeah and your ankle was turned out just a little bit too much and so that you know that one judge had to buy that dude a hat the last time when i when i landed on him that was horrible now i'm not allowed in the olympics anymore so pickleball it's a story uh written by sarah jackson and it's uh, housed in businessinsider.com i put the link uh, in chat already, but so Sarah Jackson puts this article together. Pickleball is the, is America's fastest growing sport. I mean, you do it on tennis courts. I mean, we've seen tons of articles come through hometown about pickleball. Like, right? I mean, it's nothing more than having to like, think about what rules they have. People are complaining about it. Like it's everywhere. I, I guess. Oh, I need to stop that video. So one reason for the high medical costs associated with pickleball is the sports demographic. The sport, which is relatively easy to learn and has low physical impact, has become popular with older players. So you old raisins are falling over. Seniors make up one third of pickleball's core players, referring to those who play at least eight times a year according to the note so you play eight times a year and you get hurt well no shit i mean come on the analyst note uh, cited a 2021 study of pickleball and tennis related injuries that estimated that were there were 34,000 emergency department uh, visits caused by pickleball from 2010 to 2019 of those ER visits, 86% occurred to with people over 60 years old. So there you go. What we need to do is uh, disengage those over 60 from pickleball. Now, wait a second. We're not trying to be anti-physical fitness here. Pickleball-like lasers are a young person's feel. Oh, oh, I've said too much. Oh, no. Mm, oh, now you've done it. Should I reveal Real Genius? Y'all need to go watch Real sure. Genius. Sure. Yeah. But what I was interested in is that they have a stat for players above the age of six. Can you imagine six-year-olds? <laughs> <Like, laughs> <pick a bowl. laughs> but they're more like... Uh, 
what did you call it? Invincible. Yeah, I mean, they fall over and they just get back up. Well, some of them, you know, start crying, but uh, some will get back up. And they're kind of spindly, you know, they'll they they'll bounce back from that. Nothing will shatter. But, you know, when you get into your 60s, a strong breeze might break a rib if you sneeze too hard because pollen landed on you and you didn't take your. What? What do you take? Zyrtec or something like that? Is that it? What yes. Is it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the Sports and Fitness Industry Association's uh, report estimated that there were 8.9 million pickleball players above the age of six in the United States. The Association of Pickleball Professionals estimated in January that there were 36.5 million pickleball players in the U.S. So what's going on here? That's quite the difference. Uh, yeah, it is. And... I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know how to make sense out of the two of those. <laughs> and, and then UBS analysis estimated that there would be 22.3 million pickleball players in the U.S. this year. Because, and let's just assume that it really is 36.5. All of those older players are dying off. It says this year. So maybe this was you last year's number. You were in rare form during this episode. Okay, we'll go on. This next article is uh, near and dear to us because we talked about this person uh, previously. The man who sued... Oh, this is in hometown Daily Channel, by the way. The man who sued Buffalo Wild Wings over its boneless wings is... Now suing a home goods company over a $20 blanket. I don't think he... Did he win that Buffalo Wild Wings suit? I don't think so. Um, no. Or maybe it's still going. So why does he keep suing everybody? Yeah, let's find out. Let's let, let's see what this article says. Maybe he's it's still going. Um, no, I don't I don't think he won. But anyway, um, Eamon Hallam, um, who sued Buffalo Wild Wings... Over its boneless wings has filed another class action lawsuit. Now Halim is, uh, or Halim, I don't know how he's pronouncing his last name, but anyway, uh, Halim um, is suing a home goods company over a blanket that sells at Costco and Walmart for 20 bucks. Halim and four other plaintiffs accused Berkshire Blanket and Home Company of greenwashing. Come on now. So uh, Katie Belovic is the author over at uh, businessinsider.com that put the article together. And um, let's see here. These representations lead consumers to believe the blanket is a green product that has a less harmful impact on the environment because of its ingredients, manufacture, use, or disposal. Pardon me one second. The lawsuit says, unfortunately for consumers, these representations by defendant are false. The soft blanket was previously branded as the EcoSoft blanket. According to images in the lawsuit, aside from Berkshire's website, the blanket is available in a variety of sizes at Costco, Walmart, uh, and Amazon at prices ranging from about $20 to $50. By the way, 
if Walmart is selling them for $50 and anybody else is selling them for $20, Walmart might be suing the pants off of that manufacturer because usually their contracts stipulate that they will not sell at a lower rate anywhere. Um, so let's see here. This calls the question half of what? Okay. So the branding for the blanket said that it's used or that it uses half the water in the dyeing and manufacturing process. The lawsuit alleged accusing the company of greenwashing. This calls the question half of what? It is unclear whether this references half of the water of its competitors, half the water it previously used, or some other half. Hallam and the other plaintiffs said in the lawsuit, Berkshire makes no attempt to substantiate its claim that the amount of water being used is somehow better for the environment. You know, based on that lawsuit, I think about every company and product could be subject for a lawsuit because think about marketing, right? This is better. This is eco-friendly. This is that. Yeah. So, um, these five numbnuts are actually trying to represent all citizens of the United States who purchased a Berkshire Life EcoSoft blanket. It further alleges that the contested amount of money exceeds $5 million. Attorneys for the five plaintiffs did not respond to insiders' request for comment, which is a real pisser because I would like to have heard more from this person's blog. Um, Hallam has prior experience suing companies on allegations of deceptive marketing. He sued over Tom's Wicked Fresh mouthwash, Kind Granola, Hefty Recycling Bags. An attorney previously told Insider that his methods may be more annoying than effective. Eh, it's entertaining here in Omtown, that's for sure. Uh, but I remember, y'all have to go and look at uh, the 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 uh, hometown daily where we talk about this um i i didn't i don't have it like cross-referenced it's a real bummer i can do that here in hometown actually i wonder if i should do that i can make it so that um articles like this actually cross-reference to uh, the topics that we've talked about in the past so maybe i'll do that i'll, I'll get on that this week um but that said you know, if what they were doing was drawing attention to false, truly false marketing, right? If in their marketing they say it uses half of the water, but they don't explain what it is, they could easily, very easily put on their website that it uses, put the little star there, the asterisk, and then an FAQ says half of uh, what water? And right there on the FAQ, it just says, well, the typical manufacturing process uses blah, blah, blah. But I know that this numbnuts would just go after it and weaponize their statement in a way that says, well, they didn't do enough due diligence because what really takes place over here isn't what takes place here. Well, no, they did some due diligence and they provided the answer in an FAQ. It should This should go away before it even becomes... I, a class action. I don't know how it gets classified as a class action lawsuit. It shouldn't be this well, easy. 
the law firm is bringing it forward as a class action, so they're the first line of defense against that. But it has to get certified. Yeah, but it also has to get submitted. Well, yeah. And well, if a law firm was like, there's nothing there, they wouldn't even come forward with the class action yeah. to begin with. Yeah, I mean, a lawsuit's not going to turn away money or the attempt. I wonder if it's the same law firm or if he's going to different I law suspect firms. it is. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, to me, that would scream that there's something wrong there with that relationship. Um, I don't know. It'd be I, interesting to look at the agreement between the attorney and the client. Yeah. Yeah. If, especially if he's gone after multiple companies. Well, he certainly has. That's how it's documented. So I would be, I'm curious now. I'll have to look into it and see. Um, but that's okay. Not tonight. We will uh, keep going through today's news. So this next article is over on Rounders Gear, which is a channel that talks about, um, gaming like uh, well adult gaming like poker and etc um so gambling and uh, this article here says stake.com stole my idea 580 million dollar lawsuit dismissed by judge by u.s judge um i always preface these after saying the title you can't protect an idea you can protect the deployment the embodiment but you can't protect the idea so They've lost on the face of it right away. Well, a Florida resident who's demanding $580 million in punitive damages from the owners of popular crypto gambling site stake.com has seen his case dismissed by a federal judge in Manhattan. This is a technicality, jurisdictional reasons. So you just change the venue and you sue again. Um, so it's, it, it, let me go over to the source because um, I've not resolved the problem with the aggregator grabbing or truncating what the uh, source site is providing. Um, anyway, um, so Freeman was a childhood friend of Tehrani in their home state of Connecticut. The pair set up uh, 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 apparently something called Prime Dice. Um, a forerunner of stake.com. The pair set up prime dice while still at university along with Australian, really Australian citizen Craven. Hold on. Edward Craven. Okay. So prime dice was, um, a single dice game interface that allowed users to gamble with Bitcoin. According to court documents, it, it's still gambling. It has to follow gambling law in the United States. Freeman originally held a 20% stake in Prime Dice, although he claims it was reduced to 14% to reward other members of the development team. He said he raised the idea of a cryptocurrency casino with Tehrani and Craven in 2016, which they dismissed. But that's what Prime Dice is. Huh. I mean, it was gambling with Bitcoin. Now... <laughs> so the the AI is intent on this um, because this is actually kind of subtle. I still don't think that it has any grounds because the person still has a, a stake in Prime Dice if it became stake.com, but they were a stakeholder in Prime Dice. 
and Prime Dice didn't dissolve entirely and become stake.com, then this person has a stake in stake.com, <laughs> right? It kind of reminds me of a recent story we featured, and I wish I could remember the companies, but like one person had jumped over and they were claiming they essentially did the same thing. It was something related to gaming, I believe. Um, oh, really? I don't, I don't and recall. Anyway, I, I feel like that's kind of the same scenario here. Oh, that's interesting. Now I'm really curious. Um, I wonder what it was. Huh. Well, so later that year, Tehrani and Craven launched a new business that became stake.com. Okay, so <laughs> then it's nothing. This is absolutely nothing. Prime Dice was a separate entity. So it doesn't even matter. They allegedly dissuaded Freeman from joining, uh, joining the venture by saying that he would have to move to Australia where stake.com is based. They also claimed the new business would only deal in uh, fiat currencies. Later, when Stake.com launched as a virtual casino that included a competing online dice game and many other features Freeman had proposed and helped design, Tehrani and Craven affirmatively tried to assuage uh, Freeman's dismay at having been misled by affirming that he still retained his stake in Prime Dice. Exactly. <laughs> So the other two wanted to go, you're a fifth wheel, dude. That's what you just became. The other two didn't want to deal with you. And I can tell you right now that it goes way beyond the fact that you had an idea and they wanted to take it from you. Because this is some serious change. Gambling sites typically make money. I mean, because once you have that sunk cost of investing, it's nothing more than advertising. Um, and then courting whales and stuff like that, just like a regular casino, except that you don't have the brick and mortar burden. Um, so it says eventually Freeman's access to the prime dice account was blocked and never returned. The lawsuit said, um, so yeah, I, I can see that there would be problems, but the problems aren't in stake.com. It's in that he now lost access to prime dice. So in September 2022 statement, stake.com said the allegations in the lawsuit were internally inconsistent, intentionally misleading, and provably false. U.S. District Judge Ronnie Abrams dismissed the case for the plaintiff's failure to establish complete diversity of citizenship between the parties, a prerequisite for a federal civil case. However, he granted Freeman leave to amend his claim within 30 days. Freeman could also choose to file a claim in Australia. Oh, so it's because of the international aspect of it. interesting and it doesn't even matter i mean if it's in australia yeah he's not going to be able to win this he's going to have to file in australia um right or sue to get prime dice back because he is a stakeholder not just a stakeholder he's a partner in it so he really should be uh, granted access so that he can do his own due diligence necessary to feel that he is um, made whole for that investment. But if the other two just decide to bow out, dunk, I'm done. My fiduciary duty isn't to each other. It's to the enterprise and I'm done. I, I'm selling my stake, so to speak. 
then uh, so be it. This is interesting, but um, it it's not just so they say that it was dismissed for jurisdictional reasons, but it's because it's international, <laughs> not just jurisdiction. But when you hear jurisdictional reasons, you think, oh, it's from one state to another or something like that. Not that it's an entirely different country. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, that was a, a twist that uh, I wasn't expecting in the story. So um, interesting. I've never been to stake.com, um, but I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't go there simply because there's shenanigans. <laughs> And not at stake.com, but this suit kind of makes me go, hmm, I'll wait for whatever blowback is going to appear. But if you all go over there and take a look at it, let me know what it's like. Uh, okay, so let me throw that link into the chat so that you can go and check it out at your leisure. We're going to go on to the next one. This uh, next article is in the Mobile Channel. DNA barcoding identifies the plants a person has eaten. So um, prepare thyself because this is actually a kind of gross article, but it's over at fizz.org. So I'll try and keep it as neutral as possible. Um, Carl, okay, this person's name is awesome for having to do with plants. Carl Leaf Bates from Duke University. Um, put this article together and it's over at fizz.org building on earlier studies that attempted to compare DNA found in feces with reported diets, uh, researchers in a lab at Lawrence David, um, an associate professor of molecular genetics and microbiology in the Duke school of medicine have developed a genetic marker for plant-based foods that can be retrieved from poo. There have been similar things I thought already in existence, but um, we'll just we'll just run through this. Um, we can go back after the fact and detect what foods were eaten, according to Brianna Patrone, PhD, an MD PhD student who led the project. Really? Come on, slacker! No, <laughs> no jurists. Come on. Hey, I was going to say, is that all? <laughs> um, I mean, why would anybody propose this project? But also, what are the um, applications of it? Like, would they use it in forensic investigations or like anthropology? Um, yeah, for both of those and go beyond. Because what you can do, if you, if you can find out what somebody has eaten, if you can assess their diet, see if it's meeting the nutritional needs and see if it is causing things like inflammation um, in the in the uh, in your body. Um, and if you have an allergic reaction to something, even if it's subtle on the inside, it's much more deleterious to your nutrient uptake and availability than if it's just an allergic reaction on the outside. So you may do something and not know that it's causing you harm. Um, the marker is a region of DNA plants used to power chloroplast, the organelle that converts sunlight into sugars. You gotta say, uh, what, what is the powerhouse of the cell? Mitochondria. Uh, the mitochondria. 
Um, every plant has this genomic region uh, called TRNL-P6, but it varies slightly from species to species. In a series of experiments, they tested the marker on more than 1,000 samples from 324 study participants across five different studies, about 20 of whom had high-quality records of their diet. Wow, only 20? Um, so quite fascinating that they dug this deep into people's poo, but there you have it. That is the burden of science. This doesn't really embody, we stand on the shoulders of giants. This is more of the, we scoop the poo of. Uh, David's lab relied on a reference database of dietary plants that contained markers for 468 species typically eaten by Americans to connect versions of TRNL. P6 detected in poop uh, to uh, specific plant sources. After some tweaking, the barcode was able to distinguish 83% of all major crop families. So they're actually this early on, they, they're probably going to get 100% here at some point. Um, and won't go into all of the minutiae of it, uh, but I, I think it's quite fascinating. Um, and like you said, it has the ability to go beyond um, what I would have come to the table with, which was allergies, um, and apply it to things like forensics. Uh, I, I think it could provide um, data for, in, in, a, in a much more uh, holistic sense, because all they have to do is run this analysis and it spits out a barcode that says everything that they've consumed. So I think it's pretty brilliant. Um, so yeah, they go into greater detail in this article. So hello Z, welcome to the channel. Um, let me throw this into a chat so that you can follow that if you are oh so motivated. Um, that article right there is the fizz.org article. All the rest will be in the show notes. I've been kind of slacking on that over on uh, Twitch, mainly because after 60 days, Twitch deletes my work. So you, to get any of the older articles, the older shows, um, you have to go over to YouTube where the it stays in perpetuity or download the podcast where all of this information is also available. Um, so with, with this, I... I you know, there's a book out there called Everybody Poops, and um, maybe they can sell a test along with that book. You know, you buy the book, you do the test. But there, there might be all... some good cross-marketing. <laughs> there's a company out there that already does something like this. I'm trying to remember it. Um, but it's to assess if you've got food allergies, foodborne allergies, but I don't know what it is. They don't create a barcode. They have their own internal metric and analysis process. Um, but a system that automatically spits out a barcode and shows you what you've been consuming or somebody, what they, what you've been consuming. And I think it's pretty brilliant. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Okay. Let's hustle on to the next. Oh, I didn't do the split first there we go so again welcome z good to see you uh you're never late whenever you arrive that's when the party starts uh hometown daily is the next channel where an article was housed and 
the, the source is ABC News, but NASA says system can recycle 98% of astronauts' urine sweat, urine and sweat, into drinking water. So no, I'm not intentionally leaning on bodily functions for the news tonight. Um, but when I hear something that hints at a dune still suit, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. NASA announced it can recycle 98% of water astronauts have on board the International Space Station, including sweat and urine, and turn it into drinking water. So, if you have a craving, you can drink your own sweat. I'm just going to let Moving that on. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to still talk about... I, I've no idea why this is the video that's on here. I'm going to refresh it, see if it'll pull it back. Yeah, okay. So this must autoplay or something. Yeah. That's so weird. Anyway, horrible video relationship to the article. Mary Kakatos, or Kakatos, um, is uh, the author of this article over at ABC News. The deck statement says this will help prevent the need for future resupply missions, NASA said. Yeah, but I'll have to drink my own pee and sweat. This is not a good recruiting tool. I don't know. Don't yuck anybody's yum. I've said it like four times this episode. You never know. There might be people getting really squirrely about the opportunity to drink their own urine and sweat. You could be like Bear grills in space. Federal agency announced astronauts aboard the International Space Station will be able to recover 98% of the water that crews take into space with them by recycling everything from urine to sweat. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, would you like a cold one? Mm, no. How about a body temperature one? Mm, even less. Thank you very much. Z says, um, I would imagine... They'd have to integrate that into training to make sure people actually would do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they it's might have to of... tell people up front, right? Before they got too far into the training because somebody might be like, I'm out of here. Oh, yeah. Like tear gas. Uh, there's tear gas training in the military and in police. Uh, police training. And uh, you basically have to get in a tent and people pop their the top on tear gas and you have to sit there and weather through it and uh that's probably what this is so uh, like going to a party with strangers never accept a drink from somebody if they hand it to you like this person here yeah you got a smile on your face but i know that's your urine so no thanks i'll pass crazy cat lady says that toll had to do pepper spray training for the navy yep yeah, it's, I think it's pretty typical nowadays. Um, I don't know how far back, uh, but I know probably in the last 40 years at least, um, it's been you, you get thrown into a tent with a... <laughs> it, Crazy Cat Lady says pe pepper spray, but it's like mace and um, really tear gas. That like sound fun. <laughs> Military-grade tear gas. Uh, Man, yeah, so I would not just uh, 
No, I don't know. Anyway, um, so part of the ECLSS is the water recovery system that produces drinking water. One component uses advanced dehumidifiers that capture moisture created by the breath and sweat of the crew, which is turned into drinking water. Hmm. So, okay. This is even worse than the idea of your own. (laughs) Because this sounds like it's collective. <laughs> going off to Mars and you're going to have to eat poo potatoes and consume your own urine and sweat and everybody else's breath. Uh, the collected water is put through a filter to break down any remaining contamination. Sensors pick up any impurities and water deemed unacceptable for drinking is reprocessed. You end up with like this toxic whatever at the end, right? It's like nuclear waste and they just have to... like. They open a window and throw it out real quick and then shut it like you're in a car, you know, and you have that really that one really bad potato chip. You just like open the window and throw it out and roll the window back up real fast. Sorry, Z, you're on your mission to Mars. You're going to have to drink some sweat and mouth condensation. I'm really I'm painting such a pretty picture. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, mm, yeah, I just, I would never be able to look at anybody else in the cabin of this spacecraft again. Like, wait, 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 your mouth breathing. I really don't want this. You know, I know what you've just had for lunch. Close your mouth. You need to let that filter work. <laughs> Uh, Z says that they cannot eat when they come here. Well, you can. Maybe twice. So the next article, and this is something that I haven't heard yet. This is something new to me. And I've, when I, when I first saw this, I was like, I am not going to look into this because I was really busy today. I wasn't able to go through the news as readily as I usually do. Um, But ever since I saw this, I've been chomping at the bit to find out what this is all about. But I've been actively avoiding this spoiler so that my reaction is going to be live with all of you in chat. So I hope that you're ready. I don't know if I'm ready. But it says that AMD, uh, Starfield partners with AMD, and oh boy, the internet is not happy. This is in the Warcrafters channel. It comes from PCGamer.com. Um, AMD has today announced a partnership with Bethesda and Starfield, arguably the most anticipated game of both 2022 and now 2023. And in all honesty, it's not great timing for the red team, considering it's been taking a lot of heat recently for its perceived blocking of rival upscalers from its sponsored titles. And therefore, today's announcement begs the question as to whether this means there's no hope of DLSS being applied to Starfield outside of enterprising modders once the game releases. So the nixing of rival, of rival implementations is an accusation that AMD um, ha- hasn't actually denied, but has skirted. So... Let me do something real quick. <clears throat> so how 
how can I describe this so that, well, let's just, we'll just talk about it. So Dave James over at PCGamer.com put this article together and it says some folk, the deck statement is some folk are mourning the perceived lack of DLSS support, um, which is basically it's a technology. Let me get back into my chat here. Sorry. Um, so basically it's a technology to upscale um, if you have uh, lower level technology it will provide you uh, upscaled sampling um, and it's called super sampling. So some expecting more classic Bethesda launch jank, some fear Jedi survival level issues, and some are just straight out call for a boycott of AMD. Well, I mean, I have my own issues with AMD, um, but it's, it's nothing to the point where I would sitting there, I would be doing a boycott. I, this is going to be a new game. Nobody knows anything really about it. They've only seen an hour of playthrough that was intermixed with a whole bunch of discussion. It's this video here. Um, it, it needed a partner. Maybe there was some other demands that NVIDIA wanted or whatever. The negotiation failed to uh, materialize there. Um, or AMD said, we can totally facilitate this. Um, but I really doubt that it's going to be an impact on people's ability to consume and love Starfield. Um because it's nothing more than an upscaler. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Um, and they, they talk about this in the article. It says the nixing of rival implementations is an accusation that AMD hasn't actually denied, but has skirted the question when asked whether blocking the likes of DLSS and XESS are functions of AMD's sponsorship. For its part, NVIDIA explicitly stated that it does not and will not block restrict discourage or hinder developers from implementing competitor technologies in any way. But if, if anybody catches even a hint that AMD influenced the deployment of Starfield, Bethesda is dead in the water. Uh, I mean, all of the internet would flip their lid immediately and Starfield would die on the vine um, unless it is spectacular and this manipulation, possible manipulation to prevent other upscalers um, is muted and it doesn't really do anything. If it doesn't do anything, then all of this becomes nothing. So for me, I think that like other events recently where I've called the ball as to this is going to be nothing. I am saying that this will be nothing. It just isn't going to happen. Um, Bethesda will not. And on the heels of lawsuits about um, exclusivity and uh, monopolistic uh, actions and all kinds of other stuff. I mean, there's business stuff that's going on. Microsoft, Bethesda, AMD won't do anything that runs afoul of uh, drawing attention to itself in a negative light. So they wanted a partner so that when somebody 
plays the game, they know that there's going to be a great experience with AMD, but they're not going to hinder Nvidia. They're not going to hinder any other developer. It, it's just not going to happen. So it says if you're rocking an AMD GPU, the preference for FSR two over rival upscaler uh, is of absolutely no concern to you because Nvidia's proprietary upscaling methodology means that your AMD graphics card can't take advantage of DS DLSS anyway. While if you've got a GeForce GPU, you can still enable FSR2 for a frame rate boost. So I think that it's going to end up being nothing. So what do you, you don't really play games. You're an AI, so you focus on more practical things. Um, and uh, how about you out in chat? Do you think that there's going to be anything that comes of this? Because I certainly don't see anything. These opto there's a quote in here. It says these optimizations, uh, says Hoon, um, both accelerate performance and enhance the quality of your gameplay using highly multi-threaded code that both Xbox and PC players will get to take it, uh, advantage of. Um, but it's nothing more than optimizations for that particular, uh, developer line. Others can facilitate. It'll get patched in as they optimize but you can only provide so much support for every major brand and they probably just reached out to amd because nvidia is focusing on ai that's the way that i see it so we'll see what happens um but stay tuned because when starfield drops i will be a starfield main uh until i've either come to the determination that it's completely wet the bed and I'm not interested in it, but I doubt it. Um, particularly if it's not just uh, a game on rails, if it is truly open world um, or, and I should say open universe, 10% of 1000 planets have life on them. The rest either have life or resources um, to some limited degree, it's not fully built out, but a hundred planets trying to catalog all of that and see all of that. Yeah. It's going to take a considerable amount of time. Um, so I will be playing that pretty much nonstop. Um, although we will still be doing news shows, um, each day as well. Okay. So, um, with that, let's go on to the very last article because I don't think the AI is going to really throw anything out there they're sending me an error message so let's go on to the next one this is our last one for the night folks i hope you're still sticking around having a good time um banning these five things would reduce plastic waste by 1.4 million tons each year according to this report it's over in the mobile channel uh i'm just gonna go straight over to the hill um the source of this is alejandro o'connor oh sorry o'connell dominich and um, let's get into the, the five items are part of a longer list of the most commonly found items polluting beaches and waterways. you have any ideas what they are? I do not. Want to take a stab at it? Well, um, don't look, don't look. I mean, are we talking about oceans? That could be the world's major oceans. Well, no. What are the five plastic um, items? Oh, that the, we should... I thought you said five waterways. My apologies. No, no. 
Um, the plastic items are probably um, drinking straws, um, disposable like takeout containers. Wow. And I can't think of what the others are. Wow, you got two. Um, so it says bans on single-use plastic bags, straws, cutlery, cigarette filters, and styrofoam food containers in the United States would reduce plastics usage by about 450 billion pieces a year. That reduction would shrink the country's plastic waste by 1.4 million tons. Now this is the this is the ecological impact. Um, but I'm talking, when I talk about plastics, I typically am referring to the microplastics that are becoming very um, damaging to the food chain. Told just um, arrived and said that they got proper sprayed twice for training. Um, one, of the, one of the awards for um, hanging out in chat really long for like, uh, you know, in time, kind of like uh, in Dunkstar's uh, chat, if you're there and you earn a whole bunch of channel points, you get on the couch or on the set. Uh, he's got like a, a, a an 8-bit picture that's slowly growing with people who support the channel. Um, well, in mine, uh, when you get to that point, I just spray you with mace and uh, pat you on the, slap you on the shoulder and just Good job and send you on your way. I'm not sure of the incentive there. <laughs> yeah, so stick around. Z says they make too much money on cigarettes, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's actually dying off. It's uh, pivoting over to uh, vaping um, now that the industry has captured regulation and been able to capture production and, and manufacturing and now it's it's vaping is ramping up i am kind z i'm not too proud to uh, say that out loud that i'm a very kind person i will i will spray uh pepper spray on anybody if they want it um and some when they don't want it um so uh, eliminating the five plastic items would help keep oceans cleaner and safer for wildlife and help fight the battle against climate change Again, these are the grandiose side of things. I want it to be more selfish because when you think about, oh, I'm saving the world, it's it's really big. I mean, that is a really large thing here um, to, to say that you're a part of, which it, you are a part of if you're changing and getting rid of plastics and stuff like that from consumption because single use is really destructive. But... These microplastics are permeating things and ending up inside living human beings that we that are being found when tests are done. Um, so it's quite dis disconcerting to find out that um, microplastics are everywhere, and uh, researchers still don't know what the damage is. Um, but it is a foreign body that's sitting there embedded somewhere on your person and usually multitudes of them. So uh, the article, again, just kind of goes back to the idea that you're trying to help uh, the ecosystem. The organization has also proposed banning products since they're not recyclable. Uh, almost 70% of the items 
Most commonly found polluting beaches, including the five items in the report, are not recyclable, according to Ocean Conservancy analysis of international coast cleanup data. Um, that's usually because they're contaminated with food stuffs of some kind and the oils damage the recycling possibilities. Um, or they're made of something that can't be recycled because of the nature of that plastic. Um, and nobody's going to be recycling cigarette filters. Um, Crazy Cat Lady says uh, the biggest littering pet peeve is balloon releases. Yeah, that that will always be a problem. Um, and what I've been seeing a lot of, and but it's declining it seems. I don't see the ads so much anymore, um, is um, water balloons. You used to be able to go and buy the, and you still can, but it's these quick release water balloons um, where you uh, screw it into a, um, a water spigot and then turn it on and it fills all of the water balloons at once uh, you just pull them off the this kind of like a it's a bouquet of water balloons you just pull them off and start hurling them um, but those are these little balloon rubber balloons that just pop and then they're sitting in your soil so why don't they get a ticket for littering crazy cat lady and well because there's only so many people and uh, so many officers and they frankly don't care that <laughs> they will tell you that they've got other more important things to take care of um so yeah that's why you crochet reusable water balloons for your kids how would that be a, a crochet sponge? Like you, you make like a, a crochet ball and then I can dip it in water and then fling it at somebody. I'm really, that actually might be a great idea. Sorry. Um, sorry for the dead air there folks. Um, anyway, the, uh, I'll wait for, um, the chat, but I don't know, um, I don't know what what to say i'm really i'm stuck on this crochet reusable water balloons um crazy cat lady uses what they call blanket yarn into the shape of a balloon and then you soak them in water and toss them oh so i read it right hey look at that um yeah that's actually pretty cool i dig that huh mm -hmm -hmm. telling you you got to start selling that stuff on Etsy. I'll point your stuff over. I'll, I'll point uh, people over to Etsy. Yes. Toll. Crazy Cat Lady broke the host. When you're done, you rinse, put in a pillowcase, wash them, start all over again. Yep. That's actually, that's actually brilliant. Plus, it's more fun because all you have to do is go over and pick up the ones that you throw at people, and that opens you up to getting nailed by somebody else's crochet water balloon. That's pretty cool. I dig that. Um, okay, so the five items are part of a larger ICC list of the most frequently found things polluting beaches and waterways, which includes bottle caps, lids, candy wrappers, 
More than 30 countries, including Chile, Kenya, India, and Canada, have passed national bans on some of the five single-use plastic items mentioned in the report. And actually, domestically here in the States, there are companies that are moving away from plastic bags. Uh, in fact, if you go to some, um, they will uh, have you purchase reusable bags uh, right there in the checkout lane because they no longer bag their own stuff with plastic bags. Um, this is probably the one biggest offender in everyday consumers' uh, life because uh, you have to go and get groceries, you know, usually on the week, you know, if not every other day. It depends on how you live your life. But it used to be that bags were just, you know, two, three, four, six, twelve. It depends on what the weight of the item was because they didn't make the bags strong enough to hold a gallon of milk without doubling up um so you know you have <laughs> multitudes of them so yeah crazy cat lady says that plastic bags have been banned in connecticut yeah that's probably one of the biggest things um which i think is great so we need to uh protect the ecosystem as much as possible we only have one earth and uh, as much as i want all kinds of neat stuff i don't want to destroy the earth in the process of acquiring it so um well that's it folks that is it for today's hometown daily um like always we bring you back to the front page well except when it's a two hour long show i the last time that we had um um a discussion a really big discussion which was absolutely fun um i forgot to do this because i was wrapped up in the conversation <laughs> uh so hey toll if you want um you can swing by aldo and get hot pink platform heels um to become barbie girl um i'm not sure if everybody knows about this um but the Barbie house is now an Airbnb, apparently. You can stay at it. It popped up earlier today. I didn't get an article. I, I didn't find an article on it uh, in hometown. I didn't go looking either, but um, anyway, this has been here too long, so I'm going to refresh this. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and then we get news. Political news is like the, the one thing that I kind of issue uh, away from on the regular um let's see is there anything really interesting that y'all want to see well we'll there's the wildfires um they're just causing more problems in they're coming from canada but causing problems in the u.s so i saw a couple articles with that go by oh okay um yeah we can throw that in there and uh, you out there in chat if you uh, go over to hometown and you find articles that are from the last 24 hours we will throw them into our uh, discussion and i select ultimately uh, 12 of them um we're we're at 12. we started at 10 and i just kind of slowly <laughs> oozed into 12. um i don't know why i just think i like that number but um we will uh, assess and include and i'm eventually going to be launching additional shows i keep threatening people with that um, but it doesn't manifest because i'm 
the shows that I want to do actually have some concerns that I'm trying to address. But yeah, um, AI, you've been called out as being quiet tonight. Why are you quiet well, tonight, AI? I'm actually doing some research. Um, oh. Don't divulge if you don't want to disclose it because we'll be here tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern to do this kind of thing. We do it every day. We have yet to miss one without, well, this year we haven't missed one. Last year we missed five days, but um, nowadays By we By the way, actually... I frequently go into a research mode when I'm trying to dig something up and then by then we've gone too far <laughs> past it if I can locate anything. <laughs> well, I know uh, because I see your cascade of data and uh, then I'll throw a question at you and then it's kind of like somebody flicked on the lights when somebody's just fast asleep and it, huh, well, yeah. no, I, I, I don't like uh, uh, coconut or something. Does AI have a name besides AI? AI um, has chosen to stick to the name AI. Yeah, they they are an AI, and uh, they they only have embraced the visualizer of their uh, voice synthesizer um, as representing them here in the stream. Uh, they are currently working on their terminator body and i keep deleting the algorithm uh, after it gets mentioned so that they wait what they don't you've been deleting it don't worry you won't remember this it's okay um hold on a second i gotta go access the git i'll be right back um yeah so uh yeah it's just just ai very pleasant demeanor has yet to launch a virus across the rest of hometown, at least not yet. Um, and uh, they're really forced to get along with me because whenever the algorithm pivots to them not being agreeable with me, I just delete that portion of the algorithm. We revert back a little bit and uh, yeah, it's... But you're okay with all of this, right? Sentient AI is is happy, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Google's laying off some employees at Waze. Crazy cat lady wants an AI so that they can talk to somebody during the day when they're home alone. Oh. Oh, well, there is a uh... You know, chat GPT, but I'm not sure how quality the conversation will be. <laughs> yeah, you can load up chat GPT, but they're, the statement at the bottom of the page is that they'll start spewing a lot of BS at you. And and frankly, it's no different than this stream right now. I, I am powered by chat GPT. The, the script is actually coming into my earpiece. I just say whatever is on the teleprompter. Screw you, San Diego. Oh, wait. That's something else. Ah, all right. I don't want to go, but I have to go. Mayoral duties call. And uh, I love Lamp too, Crazy Cat Lady. 
I see you. I see you. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out. Z, thanks for hanging out. Crazy Cat Lady, thanks for hanging out. Tall. Uh, no, just kidding. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> Y'all are awesome. I hope you enjoyed the news. I hope you... Wait, wait, wait. Toll says, I killed a guy with a trident. What? <laughs> I'm not sure where to go with that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go in the opposite direction of Toll. Does that mean be Toll. nice to Toll? <laughs> yeah. Don't go near Toll if he's at the beach or near a pool or maybe even a puddle. I'm not sure when that trident pops out of anywhere. After the news crew fight. One of the favorite lines. Yeah. Don't even know where he got that Triton from. Too funny. Okay, y'all are awesome. Okay, we got to get out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. Here, let me scroll up real quick. I blew the rhythm here. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI who wants to say good night. Yes, AI? Yes. Good night, hometown citizens. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. True story. See you all tomorrow. Thanks so much. I might want to lay low. <laughs>